Sunday evening, coming right from Burlington, Vermont, you're in Amit's house on WBKM.org. Well, hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome once again to Amit's house on this beautiful Easter Sunday as uh, folks uh, around the world celebrate this day. And, you know, even if you have no persuasion in the faith itself, it is a time that represents hopefulness, a time that represents possibilities, spirituality, magic even, that just as things can be looking so bad, something's around the corner to change everything. So we hope that your life is going that way and your day is going that way. In this very difficult time in our lives, in our world's history. And we have something special to share with you tonight. We're going to have some great jazz music, first of all. And we're playing jazz music tonight for a very special reason. We are going to share a, a, a rather lengthy interview, about a 40-minute interview, broken up in two parts, with the director and producer of a film which is premiering in Washington, D.C. tonight uh, at the Arlington Cinema as part of the Washington, D.C. International Film Festival. I was to be there, but uh, I had a little personal accident uh, last week which uh, caused me to crack some ribs. <laughs> uh, yeah, now I love, I, love, I love picking up some good ribs at Costco, but I'm not talking about those kind of ribs. I mean the ones I'm packing myself. To protect my body from injury, well, I slipped and fell off a ladder and uh, really put me back a little bit, and it didn't make sense to uh, travel as much as I wanted to. But we're going to share the conversation that I had with these two wonderful folks, both the director and the producer of a film about Amit and Nesui in their very early days coming to Washington, D.C., the film is titled Leave the Door Open, and you'll find out in the second half of the conversation why they call it that. It's a wonderful story. The film is premiering, or actually did premiere, uh, in D.C. Uh, area tonight uh, at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, just about a 64-minute running time. So uh, they have had it, and I am sure received very well with great success. And this conversation took place just about two weeks ago. And uh, it's really a wonderful insight into uh, the making of a short documentary talking about this incredible time in American history that so happens to be a part of Amit's house history as well. So we're going to play some great jazz music, which actually even some of it predating the Atlantic Records uh, era. Because we're going to go back to stuff that turned on Ahmed and Nesui as jazz lovers and planted that seed in 
Mesui's young brother to chart this incredible life, to create this incredible story that we celebrate here each and every week in Amit's house. Let's kick off with some jazz that, well, Amit and Nesui, when uh, Amit was uh, just 12 years old, Amit and Nesui went on, uh, when they were living in London, as their father was the ambassador there, they went to see the great Duke Ellington, as well as the one and only Cab Calloway. So we're going to start it off with uh, a song that maybe uh, they each might have heard on that fateful and beautiful night. And then we will air part one of our conversation with director Umran Safter uh, and her producer Suraj Sharma. Take your shoes off. Take your hats off. Because this is a special place. This, my friends, is Amit's house. This is WBKM, Burlington, Vermont. Burlington's kind of music. And this is the Duke himself. Don't mean a thing if you ain't got that swing. Thank you. 
Mrs. Story about Minnie the Moocher. She was a red hot hoochie coocher. She was the roughest, toughest, frail. But Minnie had a heart as big as a whale. A hide, a hide, a hide, a hide. Loved him, though he was cocky. He took her down to Chinatown, and he showed her how to kick the gong around. I hide, I hide, I hide, I hide. About the king of Sweden He gave her things That she was needing He gave her a home Built of gold and steel A diamond car With the platinum wheels Howdy, 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 howdy He gave her his townhouse and his racing horses. Each meal she ate was a dozen courses. She had a million dollars worth of nickels and dimes. She sat around and counted them all a million times. Hide, 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 Two incredible pieces of swing music there. Seems that it makes sense to go together. And those are songs that uh, very likely the young uh, Amit and Nessui Erdogan would have heard in that uh, concert they went to in London. The one that changed it all. The one that planted that seed in that young boy's heart at the age of 12. And changed really both their lives. We started it off from uh, the elegant, the brilliant Duke Ellington. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Something that's become a jazz classic. And a gentleman who is a jazz classic himself in the swing world. Cab Calloway. And the tale of Minnie the Moocher. Beginning the time when uh, Mr. Calloway would be known forever. As the Heidi Ho Man. Such good stuff. So here we go. Part one of our conversation with film director Umran Safter and her producer Siraj Sharma. The film 
leave the door open. It is a absolute pleasure to uh, have two wonderful folks on the phone with us today uh, from Istanbul, Turkey, from Amit's native land. Uh, welcome, dear friends, uh, and let's talk about this wonderful project that you have. Umran, good morning. Hi, good morning, Sonic. As well as we have your producer on the line. Hi, Tony. Good morning. It is a nice early uh, mid-March morning here. You are uh, in the afternoon of your day, and it's great to uh, to uh, connect. Um, so I guess it was uh, at least a good month ago that I read an article in the Washington Post um, about this journey that you've started to create a documentary movie which will be shown uh, in the, the D.C. Uh, Film Festival this spring, and we'll hopefully by this point, you have specific dates and times. Um, tell us about uh, how you began this journey uh, and, and your interest in the story of the Erdogan brothers as they arrived in Washington, D.C. Uh, hello again, Tony. Uh, actually, this journey started 2018. Um, mm. I read an article in American um, the media. Uh, I still remember the headlines. And two teens change us forever. So the story was so impressive because two two teens, I mean Ahmed and Monsieur Aysegun, they came came to uh, they arrive in Washington D.C. Um, the the Washington D.C. in that time um, they are highly segregated, and then then they invited African American musicians to the embassy residence. So this story uh, so um, um, touched and affected, um, extremely touched and affected. So I mm-hmm. started to research this topic, and in 2019, um, um, I went to the United States, and the last year also in February, I interviewed so many people, including the jazz experts and historians and, historians and um, the producers and um, journalists, and then we started to uh, edit the project. Um, um, the new year is finished. That's right. Do you want to add something? Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting start. So how how aware do you think uh, the everyday uh, Turkish man and woman? How familiar are they with? the legacy of, of Ahmed and Nesui Erdogan? Uh, it's, it's a slightly different. I mean, uh, the, the, the Erdogan brothers in America, they're known you know, for, for their links to jazz and their contribution, especially mm-hmm. to you know, uh, the creation of Atlantic records. Uh, in Turkey, it's, it's slightly different in the sense that uh, it's, it's more of a patriotic kind of viewpoint that they know these brothers through, like these mm. two young Turkish kids who, uh, who turn up in America and uh, all of a sudden, you know, um, end up creating this iconic record label. Um, uh, jazz is more of a niche sort of uh, appreciation here in Turkey. It's not as mainstream as it is in America. Mm-hmm. So, so the interest was more uh, sort of, you know, what, what is the story between these two sort of Turkish kids all of a sudden, you know, 
getting so involved with the jazz scene in, in, in America, but DC in particular? The um, the effects of, of of these two teenagers, as as you say, rightly so, uh, and and how interesting that you know so many of the of the musical artists that we enjoy in our lives uh, very often come to us as as very young men and women in, in their teens or in their very early twenties and make this profound effect. Um, in music and in our lives. How amazing that not being musicians themselves, um, at such an early age, they impacted um, our musical world just like the giants that they one day would be recording and working with. Um, Tell us a bit about um, the focus of your film, which is from... I, I would assume that arrival in America. Uh, what, what's the scope of the films? Yeah, we 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 focus on the jam sessions in the residence. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. 1934, when Ahmed Fadi took on his assignment in the United States as Turkish ambassador, um, Washington D.C. also happened to be um, the hub for jazz music in the country. Soon they arrive, um, Artegan Sands, Ahmed and Messi, um, they, they already, um, the huge jazz fan, because, uh, because they were going to um, the Cap Calloway and Duke Ellington concerts in London before they arrived in Washington, D.C. So uh, when they arrived in Washington, D.C., they discovered Howard Theater on the U.C. Street. Um, they saw musicians like uh, Duke Ellington, John Marcella, J. Laurel Morton. But they also shocked um, because the DC music and venues and, and, and that time period were complete, completely segregated. Um, they, they, they were showing um, either black or white musicians and uh, they were not able to perform together. And they disappointed, um, so they started inviting invite, um, the musicians to the embassy. We, we focus on uh, exactly this um, this uh, part of um, the Ahmed and Nasiratigans um, and the life in, in Washington D.C. in that time period. It is uh, delightful to hear you um, recite these these facts of. Um, how the involvement in music and American jazz began. Um, you rightly uh, speak of the day when um, when Nessui, <clears throat> excuse me, when Nessui, the older brother, uh, introduces his younger brother Amit uh, to jazz in London. It, it is at that Duke Ellington and Cab Calloway concert, and of course, it you know at, at an impressionable age, as they are on the verge of coming to America. Um, it is that spark that, that changes Ahmed and Nesui's life forever. It's wonderful to hear you speak of it because our mission here in Ahmed's house, of course, as you know, is to continue to put focus on the legacy so that we know the, the great music that came from Atlantic Records won't be easily forgotten. But Ahmed once made a point of saying in his later years People will know who Led Zeppelin is. Uh, people will know the Rolling Stones forever. 
But me, they won't, they won't remember me. And I think that would be a tragedy because people around the world that I've had the chance to speak with about Amit don't realize that they know Amit very well, even if they've never heard his name spoken. They know his name through his work. They know the, the work of the brothers if they don't know of the brothers. So what you're doing here is for really the international audience to put a focus on how this began long time before 1947 and the creation of Atlantic Records. It's wonderful that you shine this, this light on this. Tell us, um, first of all, um, so it is going to be uh, presented, uh, premiered in the Washington, D.C. Film Festival. Is that correct? Uh, yes, uh, it will be in the first week of April, so in about uh, two weeks or so. Uh, but due to, unfortunately, due to pandemic restrictions, uh, the screening, or maybe not unfortunately, <laughs> the screening will be in, in Arlington Cinema uh, rather than at the usual venues where the festival is held in D.C. itself. I see. Uh, the, the date itself uh, will, uh, the date or dates itself will become clear this week. So uh, at this point in time, we don't know exactly which date. Oh, uh, I see. Great. But we know the venue is going to be Arlington Cinema. Um, okay. Will that be uh, date, will that be open the to the, to the this week? Will that be open clear to by the Will that be open to the public, or how is how is that? Can that be attended by the public? Yes, I I think I think uh, tickets will be going on sale uh, on the DCIFF, uh, the Independent Film Festival's website. Uh, but again, I think it might be sort of restricted uh, numbers. Again, because because of you know because of the pandemic and the number right. of people allowed into the venue. Uh, yes, exactly, uh, exactly. But but there should be, I mean, we, we, we're thinking there will be multiple screenings and also a few online screenings. Uh, yeah, as we as we transition from our locked up world to a freer, uh, freer environment once again, um, I guess we will find many of these sort of events that are hosting um, both live and virtual um, uh, attendances. So, so uh, good to know. And, and of course, we will share that with our audience um, on our blog as we know the uh, the dates. And I would absolutely, I've been stir crazy as probably you have been, <laughs> uh, in not being able to travel to some of my favorite places. And Washington, D.C. is one of my favorite places. So I am... Uh, very much looking forward to uh, hopefully coming on down and uh, and meeting up with both of you, I would, which would be wonderful. Now, will you both be there? I guess first of all, I should ask. Um, the the Suraj will not able to come and attend the, um, the festival, but I will. Uh, I will attend. Hopefully, I will attend. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. What is the running time of your uh, of the documentary, and what is its title? Actually, I haven't asked you. Um, the, the duration of the film, 64 minutes, and mm -hmm. uh, the title of the film, the Leave the Door Open. Nice. Referring to the uh, comment by uh, Mehmet Munir Erdogan. 
to yes, the, uh, exactly. to, the exactly. to the United States senator who who found it offensive that people of color were coming through the front door. I think that's beautiful. Uh, that, I think that's beautiful. that and there was also this incident where which um, which uh, Ahmed actually recalls in one of his interviews where where he has uh, a few of his friends over who are, you know they they they're jamming together and you know in Ahmed's room uh, mm-hmm. and and their father at the same time in the residence is holding uh, an official uh, reception mm-hmm. uh, so uh, when when the father the ambassador walks up to Ahmed's room uh, and opens the door, Ahmed thinks he's going to be getting a telling off uh, for being too loud and noisy. Uh, uh-huh. But his father just looks at him and says, uh, "Do you mind leaving the door open? This is this sounds awfully nice." Ah, how wonderful! How wonderful to have so, had you that. Know, those two things. Uh, and we thought this was a very appropriate for a title. It, it really is, um, and it really touches touches my heart with what we do because um, although, like a film, my, my tribute to my work to honor Mr. Erdogan and, and all that he created um, is, a, is a virtual thing. I always view it as, as a physical house on physical grounds, and I always want to create a, um, an air of openness. Uh, it is a house where everyone is welcome. And I guess that's, to me, the great legacy of of Ahmed and Neshui's young years. They certainly revolutionized things in the Washington, D.C. area by, uh, by having that first performance. Um, the only place that would take them at the time, outside of the embassy, when they wanted to have public performances, which is a startling thing when we realize that a public performance outside of the ability of the musicians to gather together and have a wonderful place to play and have jams um, to move to the next place, which is to be able to play to their audiences as integrated bands and as an integrated audience. It's hard to imagine that that is, that that was revolutionary, but it certainly was. Uh, and so the Jewish center in DC apparently was uh, right. The first place, and then the National Press Club uh, later on. I, I love that you're putting a focus on these years. Every story has an origin. Every overnight success uh, is a 10-year journey, most likely. And certainly the success of Atlantic Records, um, which took some time to happen, probably the first uh, two years were pretty rough times for the new business. But every one of those stories has an origin. And, and to think of, of their father in this diplomatic world um, is so closely connected um, uh, with the great doings in Turkey at the time and, and to the great Ataturk. We don't envision this kind of a man telling his young teenagers who are having loud music next door in the other part of the house to leave the door open. But what that must have done in, in their hearts, I can only imagine. Uh, it, it's probably every son's nightmare uh, 
that the parents know what I'm really doing. And every son's a joy if they embrace it and they encourage it. And certainly, uh, when that Minia Erdogan it left a, a great legacy as well of encouraging and uh, honoring these peoples. Uh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, the thing is, uh, Ahmed and Nisri's story is is so multidimensional that you know, mm. as you say, you can you can look at it from so many different angles, each fascinating in its own way. Uh, uh, to do to do it justice, you'd probably you know need a sixty-four minute film wouldn't be enough. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so you can you can you can you can only focus on you know some aspects of it, uh, and you know, and as you say, uh, it's it's almost like an evolving story in a way uh, that you always there's something else that comes to light, uh, mm. you know, uh, something very very interesting and fascinating, which also. In many ways, you know, reflex is, is valid even even today. Mm. Yeah, but, it's very much know, valid. Yeah, they, they, um, uh, in that in that period of human intolerance, so they broke all racial barriers uh, in the United States. They 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 came from Turkey. Um, they invited African-American musicians, and they also organized first integrated concert in Jewish Community Center. It's a fascinating story. I mean, uh, also, and um, in fact, racism still remains a major problem all over the world, not in the United States. So this kind of stories we need, I mean, um, we can all draw inspiration from such stories and showing courage and resistance. So in this aspect also, um, the story was so a story so um, important and uh, very impressive. It absolutely is. Uh, it's 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 both a beautiful thing because you're telling the story. It's a it's a bit of sadness that we are still uh, trying to communicate um, uh, cooperation between between peoples and races. It's, it's unfortunate that in all these years there have been advancements, but that there is still so much to do. And I think reflecting back on, on a specific day and time uh, in, the, in the, the nation's capital where um, it was the common practice and the common law to exclude people um, is a very powerful tool a very powerful message um, and it's a message of that's grounded in music we can all talk of politics we can all talk of religion we can all talk of uh, so many differences between us all but music becomes that that road that I think of that that allows us to all be connected no one argues about music except in, in a good-natured argument of favorites and who you like and what you like in music better. What a, what a, a moment of peace uh, began growing in those, in those early days in that magnificent house in Sheridan Circle. Fantastic conversation there. 
just the first part. Let's play a little jazz in between, and then we will move on to part two quickly so we get the whole thing in. Don't forget the top of the hour tonight uh, at 8 p.m., Baruch and Paradigms. Promising to be another incredibly good show. How about some Coltrane? Yes. Amitels. and you're listening to WBKM where you can hear 
the music of Atlantic Records. Atlantic Records was started and guided through the years by my late husband, Ahmed Erdogan. Tell me if, uh, and tell us, uh, our audience, um, uh, did you have an opportunity, uh, I'm guessing, but I don't want to assume, an opportunity um, to visit the ambassador's residence? Um, yes, we filmed the average house, and also we interviewed with um, the, the Turkish diplomat about the history of um, the average house, and also we interviewed with um, the John Hasse, uh, his creator. Sony Museum, uh, he is expert on Everett House. Um, so yes, we focus on um, the historic house and we film um, there. Beautiful. It is, uh, it is an amazing house. Um, it, is, it is quite indeed the original Amit's house. <laughs> and I have had the, the unique pleasure um, when Ambassador Namik Khan was the ambassador. Um, and began the uh, jazz concert residences uh, almost on a monthly basis for oh, nearly two years, I, I believe. Um, it is a, a, an exceptional part of Washington architecture, just the home itself, just the, the structure. It is magnificent. It takes your breath away. And I am excited to um, have others that only heard about it or seen some still photographs, um, be able to see alive in film uh, what that magnificent house looks like. And this place in which these brothers were brought, uh, as I said to one of the musicians one night after one of the jazz concerts, it's a pretty great gig, isn't it, to play in that house? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean that 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 building, that house, that it had history even before it became the residence um, mm -hmm. of of the Turkish ambassador. Uh, mm -hmm. It's 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 a fascinating, as you say, it's it's a marvelous building. It's 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 breathtaking the interior. It really is. It really is. Uh, the artwork as well inside the building is. Uh, is is amazing. I mean, it is not a museum because it's a living and working and uh, experience where uh, diplomacy uh, is given an opportunity to succeed. But the artwork in in the house is uh, also, as you, I think, breathtaking is absolutely the right word. <laughs> totally a wonderful experience. I can't wait to see it again and uh, be able to walk its its halls and walk its uh, rooms. Um, Imran, tell me a little bit of uh, of who uh, uh, you had the chance to interview that will be part of the film. Yeah, we interviewed with um, the Morris Jackson um, from Georgetown University, this, um, the mm -hmm. historian, and also he wrote a book on uh, jazz in D.C. Uh, Anna Jelensa, uh, she's also a professor at uh, Georgetown University. She's expert on the, the, the historic jazz. And then Morgenstein, um, the, he is jazz writer. He lives in New York. Rene Popat, mm. uh, uh, she is a former spouse of Jerry Wexler, and she's producer. I interviewed her. Bob Porter, his former producer at Atlantic Records um, Company, Herbert Scott, um, he is a musician, jazz musician, uh, he lives in Washington, D.C., Larry Applebaum, um, uh, he, he was working at the 
uh, Library of Congress at the Jazz Department. John Hasse, mm. as I mentioned um, before, he is the creator at um, uh, the Smithsonian Museum, and he wrote a book about uh, Everett House. David mm. Taylor, um, he is writer and journalist and a filmmaker, and William Jen- Jenkins, um, he is uh, from um, uh, DC Jazz Festival. Also, um, the from Ambrose Khan, a Turkish diplomat, he works in the embassy. Uh, also, we could made an interview with Selma Artigin Yoksal. Uh, she is um, the sister of Ahmed and Nesir. Unfortunately, she passed away last October. That's uh, mm. um, a piece. So, we interviewed, yes, and there's so many people. Uh, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And many of those folks I have not heard from, I've only heard of. And uh, I know I will be very excited. So you I'm began... Uh-huh. Oh, really? Oh, oh. Selma Erdogan? was one of the last ones she gave. Yes, uh, yes. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Wonderful. And you did that. Uh, that interview would have been in Turkey. Is that correct? Because I believe Selma was living in Turkey at the time. Yeah, that was in Istanbul. That was that right. was the only interview I think we had in Istanbul. Mm, mm. So glad that she got to see um, and hear uh, of of these efforts um, to honor the family, to honor the family name, and to honor the work of of Ahmed and Esui. Um, what a beautiful thing that you brought her. I mean, that's a great gift, especially now that she's uh, she's gone and she doesn't have the opportunity to see this finished work. Uh, I'm sure it meant uh, an awful lot to to, to speak with you, uh, to to speak with you both, definitely. So I know that um, from our, our, our initial conversations that here you are and everything is ready to go, and then the world it's turned upside down <laughs> and you now have the incredibly difficult job of completing a film, putting together a film. Um, and we don't know how long the, uh, the lockdown to the nationwide and then worldwide are going to affect us. How did that affect the creation of the documentary? Yeah. I mean, that, that nearly, nearly through everything, uh, mm. you know, uh, <laughs> because what happened was uh, uh, the lucky bit was all the interviews in Washington, D.C., mm. we were lucky that they got done just before the pandemic took mm-hmm. total hold all over. Uh, so on the flight back, there were already, you know, masks were starting to mm. appear. Uh, and then, and then by, by the time we got here, it was all, everything was in lockdown. Uh, Imran was unable to meet with the film's editor for the editing process. Uh, a lot of the uh, people who had uh, promised funding before canceled because they said, you know, their, their finances were affected by the lockdowns. Uh, so uh, all of a sudden we were faced with the situation of, will this film even get made? Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, Imran was, in, especially Imran, she was determined that she will make this film. And, and 
And this was where technology came in handy. So, you know, we used all everything we had available to actually um, to work on the film, to get it edited, to get it done. We used, you know, applications like FaceTime and other video chats and this and that um, to get to, you know, to, to, to create a product. Um, and then, you know, uh, festivals, especially U.S. festivals, uh, they were keen to, you know, continue uh, to continue functioning, to to provide the public with with you know with with film. Uh, so we were very lucky with you know with the DC Independent Film Festival that they 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 were keen to have the film. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean it it it, it complicated things quite <laughs> a lot. <laughs> most most definitely. It is, um, you know, and, and it, it, it is, I guess it almost, uh, in some ways, uh, it follows um, that journey of, of Ahmed and Nesuiz, which, which was never a straight line. Um, great things take some time to put together. And it required your persistence. It required imagination. Uh, there was no script. There was no floor plan for how to, um, create works like this collaboratively when we were uh, not for convenience, but but by necessity uh, kept separate. Uh, I'm sure that it was a, it was a very difficult transition, but yet uh, here you are, and from that time into this, so that's been approximately the last year, I take it, uh, that uh, this work then had to uh, come together in the way that it did in order to finish the film. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, and as you say, just like uh, Ahmed and Nisui, we were fortunate that we, we, there were some very, very gracious and kind people around us. Just the way, like, mm -hmm. with them, you know, the musicians warmed to them in their era. Uh, the, the, the public in Washington, D.C. warmed to them. There were lots of people who helped them. Uh, and with us, it was the same. There was, there was lots of people who, you know, who, who stepped forward and who actually... Uh, helped a lot in in making sure that we got this film done. Beautiful. Uh, every effort like this is uh, the work of, uh, of many many people. Uh, so uh, you know there are the people that are inspired to bring uh, a story or a book or a movie to the world, but there are a lot of people involved in making something like this happen. Uh, and then as well as the film festival for. Um, uh, letting it be part of, of what they're doing, which is, of course, uh, the ultimate. Right? When, when a filmmaker creates a film, uh, you would like the film to be seen by as many people as possible. So, Raj, tell us a little bit about um, about your background. How did you come into this uh, project with Umra? Yeah, my background is journalism, actually. I um, started journalism career in 1996 with the um, the radical uh, newspaper in Turkey, and then I worked in uh, the, the various um, TV channels, including CNN 2, Channel 7, Al Jazeera 2, mm -hmm. and then I left journalism in 2014, 
uh, and then I started uh, to make documentary films. My my first documentary, The Eye of Istanbul, is about um, the legendary Turkish Armenian photographer Aragüler. Uh-huh. And then it it was screened at the DC Film uh, Independent Film Festival as well, and it awarded also Best Film uh, 2016. So. Um, another year, uh, I produced and directed some of the craftsmen. Uh, it's about um, the famous, also Armenian Turkish jewel maker, Sevan Bıçakçı. Also, um, it was screened at the DC Independent Film Festival 2018. Um, and then I, I produced several documentary films, uh, including the, um, the scene of being a woman through Ottoman eyes. Um, on the wings of hope. Um, this is my latest documentary film. Wonderful, Siraj. Your uh, your background uh, is in film as well. I, I understand. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a former journalist as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I worked uh, again in print and broadcast media for years and years. Uh, I moved to Turkey in 2003, and I've been here ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, so uh, with Imran, you know, when she started making documentaries, uh, I started collaborating with her, and you know, and we've 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 been together on this journey for for you know most of the films. Oh, beautiful, beautiful that you have a history uh, of working together. That's that's excellent. Excellent. And we're also married, by the way. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, so you you have completed the circle there. Beautiful. Well, thank you for mentioning that. Well, well, good. So you are not uh, you are not Turkish born, Siraj. Where are you from? No, no. Uh, I'm I'm actually half Indian, half Iranian, uh, and I grew up in other parts of the world. Uh, but There's you know, I ended up slight- in Turkey. There's a slight British accent, uh, British in your voice. Did you spend any time in the UK? Yes, I actually did go to school there. Wonderful, wonderful. The international experience um, that that you both have is uh, is is a is a great one, and in many ways, it's what you know. Ahmed used to speak about um, how important it was for um, for people to travel. You really don't learn of other people and other people's lives until you meet them in their in their own territory. Um, what you're giving us here is another opportunity to to connect in this world that you know it should be so connected in in the last twenty or twenty five years of of the internet becoming everything in our lives. We should be more connected than we are, and this it's a very beautiful step uh, making this film, um, giving folks a focus on uh, who these people were, if they know them slightly, if they don't know them at all. It was a great life that they began in the United States. Um, and as I often refer to it, it is, you know, the, the story of the Erdogan brothers is a, is a great Turkish success story as well as it being an American success story. And someone uh, last week um, 
I don't know if you're familiar with the Turkish American Steering Committee and the TASCTV program, uh, the project that they just began. And someone there mentioned to me that, you know, the concept of the American dream is really not something that's rooted in America. It's rooted in the hearts of immigrants that come here. Now, Ahmed and Nessa, we were not quite your ordinary immigrants uh, in, the, in the way in which they came to the U.S., uh, certainly one looks at the house, and that is not a standard immigrant house by any means. But yet, um, it still was, because when the diplomacy ended uh, and uh, uh, their father passed away, and uh, his body being returned to, to Turkey uh, by order of the U.S. president uh, on, a, on, a, on a Navy vessel, a, a high honor, uh, Ahmet and Nesui were, were losing that, that privilege that they were used to. And in that sense, at that point, they became like other immigrants, needing to find their way. And it is so inspirational um, to me, that story. And I think that your work will, will inspire others, uh, which I would hope causes them to create their own wonderful histories by looking at this incredible history of these two, these two young men. Yes, and you know, and the fact that that the brothers chose to remain in America uh, speaks mm-hmm. of you know the promise that that country had for them. Uh, the 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 you know they they wanted to be there. They were they were actually really really liking it. Absolutely, it became uh, it became uh, their second their second homeland, um, and then you have. You know, further on down the road, you have the history of what happens in Atlantic Records, what makes Atlantic Records so incredible. Um, you had the opportunity to speak to uh, uh, Jerry Wexler's uh, 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 previous uh, previous wife. And uh, what can be said about that? Uh, you know, a Muslim who worked with a Jew to share the gospel music of the blacks with white America. Uh, wow. I mean... <laughs> if if anyone should ever be deserving of a, of a Nobel Prize, it would seem to be that Ahmed and Nesuri <laughs> yeah, posthumously should receive one. They're not economists, they're not physicists, but but they are. They changed life, right? It's they they changed life in a revolutionary way. What starts at jazz and, and blues becomes rock and roll, and that changes the world, does it not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Well, I am uh, just so excited to have finally spoken with you. I know our audience will love hearing uh, of of this wonderful film, Leave the Door Open. Um, and uh, for all who can make it, and we will share the uh, the news uh, as soon as you have it, of uh, exactly uh, where and uh, when and how to uh, uh, perhaps see it in person. I'm going to jump on uh, when and, uh, as soon as I find out. And I would... Uh, uh, love, love, love to be able to sit in the theater uh, in this beautiful uh, time and, uh, and and appreciate your work, which I know will be a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Tony. Thank you for having us on your show and for you know, taking the time to, to discuss Leave the Door Open. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, in many ways, although our approaches are different, um, we both have really the same mission, which is to 
to respect and honor these lives and to remind the world, um, you know, how much more alike we are. It's very easy to forget that we are all much more alike than we are different. And uh, as a work of peace um, in a world that needs peace, um, I really appreciate the work that you, that you two have done and, and the work of others to bring this film to, uh, to creation. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much, Tony. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I hope you've enjoyed this time listening to these two fantastic folks shining a light on the very early days of Ahmed and Nesuwe Erdogan in Washington, D.C., a time that really helped to change the terrible segregation and prejudice that existed in the time. Something that we can look to today, in this very day, as we know we still battle these issues. I'll catch you next week. Baruch is coming up. Please stick around. Amethouse.org. Thanks for listening. memory of Ahmet Erdogan in the days when Atlantic Records was the most magnificent record company on the planet. Good night. And that concludes our show for this evening. Please be sure to join us next Sunday at 7 p.m. when we'll spend another hour together in Amit's house. Amit's house is a production of WBKM, Burlington, Vermont. Okay, Amit, play us out. Hold your babies you can spread yourself out like a fan and mess around mess around hold your baby and do the mess around